When most of us picture a baptism, we picture something calm and peaceful and beautiful. The whole family gathers at the church, everyone is dressed up, the kid looks all cute in some goofy white dress that's been in the family for generations. The congregation laughs when the baby gets upset because a stranger is pouring water all over their face. It's bright and it's nice and it's happy. And that's probably what we'll experience here over the next few weeks when we'll baptize two babies in worship. But that's not what it was like the first time I baptized a baby. It was the summer after my first year of seminary, and I was serving as a, ta- a chaplain at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia when my pager went off. It was the middle of the night, and I was on call, and I was tired. And when I called the number back, a woman picked up the phone, and she was crying. She asked if I could please come and do something for her baby because her baby had been born too early and there was nothing more the medical staff could do. I was terrified. So my plan was to go and visit this family and then come back down to the safety of my office where I could, you know, study the baptismal liturgy and practice by myself in front of the mirror and memorize words and prayers and feel ready. Then I arrived, and a nurse pushed a bowl of water into my hands, and there was no time. And instead of family, the parents were surrounded by nurses and doctors. Instead of dress clothes and smiles, it was scrubs and somber faces. Instead of peace, we were in a room full of of beeping machines. Baptizing that child is still one of the most powerful experiences of God's presence and love in my entire life. It was one of the holiest moments that I think I have ever, ever experienced. God was with us in that room. Afterwards, I thought about why we baptized that baby, why it mattered, what it accomplished. Around Philadelphia, where I was serving, and and maybe here too, I don't know, there was this cultural belief that a kid had to be baptized to go to heaven, as if baptizing a child would like force God into loving and accepting them. But that's not true. Baptizing that little baby didn't make God love him. God already loved him. He didn't need to be baptized to be forgiven, so why did we do it? I think that's a question that John the Baptist would have understood. As our young people guessed by his name, John the Baptist spent a lot of time baptizing people, and he did it for a very specific reason. The book of Mark says he proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That's what baptism was all about for John, forgiving people's sins. There in the Jordan River, people were washed clean and forgiven. Lots of people from the cities and the towns and every walk of life, they came out to be forgiven and to be made clean. And then Jesus came and and he wanted to be baptized too and John just couldn't figure it out. It didn't make sense. Jesus didn't need to be forgiven. He was sinless. 
God coming to earth to save other people from their sins. He didn't need to be washed clean. And in our reading this morning, John told Jesus that this was all wrong. He said, you've got this backwards. You're the one that should be baptizing me. Jesus said that was true, but he still wanted to be baptized because that's what was supposed to happen. And so John baptized Jesus, and I'm sure he asked the same question I asked after visiting that hospital ward almost 10 years ago. What did that accomplish? Why did we do that? Here's what I've come to understand. I baptized that baby because it brought peace and comfort to parents who desperately needed it. In the face of such enormous grief and sadness, they needed something to hold on to, something to help anchor them. The hours and the days ahead were going to be difficult. And amidst their pain and their loss and their fear, they could find a measure of peace and comfort and hope. And knowing that when their baby was baptized, he was made a part of God's family. That when their baby was baptized, God claimed him and marked him as a beloved child. It was a, a concrete, tangible moment when God reached out to that family and to that baby in love, a love that is stronger than death and loss. I never got to see any of that family again, but I have prayed many times for those parents to know with confidence that God is holding their baby in his loving arms. I've prayed for that baptism to be a moment they could cling to in order to find peace and comfort. I've prayed for them to remember that baptism as a tangible and enduring sign of God's love for them and their baby. You see, at the heart of how we understand baptism is a really important question Who is the primary actor? When when a person is baptized, who is primarily doing the action? Different Christian traditions answer this question in different ways. Some believe that baptism is primarily about our actions. It's about our proclamation of faith that we're choosing for ourselves. Baptism is about me about me deciding to follow Jesus, me choosing faith, me claiming God as my own. That's why some Christians don't baptize young children and infants because they're not yet capable of choosing. But Lutherans, (laughs) Lutherans, along with many others, answer this question differently. We don't believe that we're the primary actors in baptism. Baptism isn't about us or our actions at all. It's about God's actions. In baptism, God washes us clean. God makes us part of the church. God forgives us. God chooses us. God claims us as his own. Listen, we'll baptize anybody, but we love baptizing babies. Most of us in this room were baptized as infants. And when we baptize a young child, it's a powerful statement about the nature of grace. Because before we can choose God, before we can claim Jesus as our own, before we can walk or talk, before we've accomplished anything in life that might make us feel proud or 
full of ourselves or entitled before we can even hold our own heads up or control our most basic bodily functions, before we have anything to offer to God at all. In baptism, God chooses and claims us. It is pure grace. And sure, we get to choose. We get to choose every day whether we want to embrace and live out that identity. Through our actions, our words, we get to choose how we respond to God's invitation. But the important part is that it's God who extends the invitation. That when it comes to faith, it is God who initiates the relationship with us. And that's good news. If my relationship with God was based primarily on my choices and my actions, I would be in trouble. There are so many moments when I don't choose to follow Jesus, so many days when I don't live out my faith. And if you don't believe me, just ask Annie. And I know that I'm not alone. All of us wander away from God. All of us disobey God. But in those moments, on those days, when I am painfully aware of my wrongdoings and my lack of faith, I am drawn back to the unshakable truth that when I was baptized, God forgave me and claimed me. It was December 22nd, 1985, at Trinity Episcopal Church in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I don't remember it, of course, but I have a certificate and pictures and family stories, and they help me to remember a tangible moment when the love of God surrounded me, the grace of God was was poured over me, the mercy of God reached out to me. Lutherans often begin worship services by remembering our baptism because there's value in remembering, in remembering that when we were baptized God named and claimed us as his beloved children, just as he did with Jesus. So when life is difficult, when we're facing challenges, when we feel doubt, when things don't turn out right, when we get bad news, when we feel scared or insecure or question whether we're even worthy of being loved, when Sadness threatens to overwhelm us when we don't know what to do or where to turn or what to cling to in those moments. And in every moment, our baptism reminds us that God is clinging to us. That God's unconditional love has claimed us. And maybe that helps us to answer John's question of why did we do that? Why did Jesus choose to get baptized? There are probably many answers, but maybe the simplest one is that he was uh, craving the same peace and comfort and reassurance that those parents were craving when they paged me that night in the hospital. Jesus was about to begin his ministry, and it wasn't going to be easy. There were going to be difficult days ahead. It would require all his energy and abilities. It would test his endurance and his strength. He would encounter resistance and evil. He would experience sadness and grief, and eventually his path would lead to the cross where he would offer his life for us. Is it surprising that before all that happened, he might want a moment where God's love covered him, a love that is stronger than death? 
In the days ahead, he would be able to look back at his baptism and feel peace and reassurance. That moment when God's love surrounded him in the waters, when God's love claimed him out loud, that moment would help to give him strength and courage to fulfill his mission. His mission to teach, to heal, to love, to forgive, to save us. You, me, amen.